0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlert. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey,
1: welcome in to the Stink Truth Podcast. Mark Schlert along with Mike Evans. Scott the Huff producing the show. Brought to you as always by our friends at Sweet Sweat. I'm telling you what, Sweet Sweat, uh, from vitamins to minerals to workout gear to you name it, they've got it. Uh, great products, great stuff. My daughter works for Sweet Sweat, so uh, I absolutely love them. She hooked us up with them, and Sweet Sweat really doing a fine job um, of of everything exercise-wise, especially when you're quarantined at home you want to get the bands, you want to get all the workout equipment, check it out at sweetsweat.com. They are the presenting sponsor of the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Also, Mark's All Pros. Check out Mark's All Pros, the greatest referral network that is currently being constructed. So check them both out. Uh, Mike, how are you, my friend?
0: Well, uh, not bad. Really, not bad. Uh, with everything going on and staying at home, I, I I think that I feel like I've kind of settled into a bit of a routine. Uh, mm-hmm. how, about, how about you?
1: I feel great. Um, you know, I've been getting a lot of things done at home, which is always which is always awesome to get your stuff done at home. As a matter of fact, I'm building this garden. My wife has, has wanted this garden because she wants to plant the garden with our granddaughters, right, which is really cool. Um, but she wants this area, and, 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 you know, I wanted to make it look nice. So um, I have this area in the backyard. We used to have some, uh, some small uh, rows of Sharon trees that kind of had overgrown over the years and stuff. So I took those out. And now I'm redoing this, um, I'm redoing, uh, there's some rock retaining walls and I've taken them down and I'm redoing everything, right? So I'm moving these rocks, which, you know, I mean, maybe they're boulders, maybe not, but maybe you could call them boulders. They're probably, you know, when they're all over a hundred pounds. So, you know, moving them around is, is fairly difficult. Well, I swung one around and I smashed my finger between two rocks and you know instantly starts to throb i mean it it like i smash i got it pretty good and then all of a sudden mike you know the thing is is when you smash your finger like you hit it with a hammer or whatever or you slam it in there and and you know it turns black underneath the the nail that's all the blood you know <laughs> and there's a lot of pressure under there and and it throbs for a while until it settles down and what ended up happening to me is i kept working and all of a sudden it just burst oh boy and so it bleeds out the end of my glove and you're a so bleeder I took my, yeah, and I'm a bleeder. And oh. so I took my glove off, I took a look at it, and my instant thought, and this is how soft our producer is, I mean, we just what a wussy our produ- I I looked at my finger and I thought Scott would be in the ICU for at least three days oh, with easily. a finger like this. Easily. Yeah. I mean easily. He would ter- He would have he would have checked himself directly into the emergency room. Yep. Like, look at this, I smashed my finger. Yeah. They'll be like, uh, yeah, you did get out of here. Out we of got here. other things going on. We more We've got, got more pressing port- things going on. Yeah, yes. Exactly. <laughs> but no, my but finger! Wait, look at but this. You got you've got to check me in though. You're wait, wait. You have to amputate
0: this. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been uh it, it is the new normal and the the good news is, I mean, we still got a long ways to go, but at least there are some encouraging signs that uh, that flattening of the curve, I know here in Colorado, uh, there's there's a sense that 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 is being accomplished. But when will sports return? And I got a little bit of insight from the president uh, earlier this week when he met with a number of commissioners from around different sports. And apparently the message to them coming from the president was that by August and September, uh, you will be able to play with fans in the stands.
1: That which would be tremendous for football season, right? I mean, that would, would both it sounds good and perfect. But do you believe it? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that remains to be seen. Obviously, we're taking the measures now. We're, and as a country, we're taking this very seriously. Um, and so hopefully, you know, the flattening of the curves, as you mentioned, there's still a lot of uh, destruction going on. But but the flattening of the curve, that sounds encouraging to me. Um, I believe, you know, I believe that we'll be back. I believe that at some point we will have fans in the stands. It may look different. You know, you may have little the little surgical masks on. Right. I mean that may be a part of of coming back to the stadiums, and you know I had this million dollar idea the other day, Mike, and uh, and we should you know we should essentially I don't know how this works, but let let it be known here on the Stink of Truth podcast that that we are the first people to come up with those ideas. So if somebody beats us to the punch and creates these, that we should get some type of. Um, we should have some type of ownership of that, right? That's, it's why like our, them, you know,
0: that's why they call them patents, Mark.
1: Right. Intellectual property. But I'm just – because 'cause I'm not gonna actually put the I'm not actually gonna file a patent oh, or anything, I see. right? I'm just it's saying it's an idea. Right. Let's just I'm 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 the creator of this idea, so if anybody does it, we should have it's like my intellectual property. Right? This is the first April seventh, right now. Boom. Okay. We'll be distinct truth intellectual property. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. You've got the surgical mask that you have to wear to the game to be allowed to come into the stadium. you got to have that on. How are you going to drink your beer? Ooh. Right? Good point. So there's a little mouthpiece inside the surgical mouth, inside the surgical, like the, the covering, right, a little mouthpiece that you can stick your teeth over the top of, and then you can unscrew a little area, and and it's it's filtered, and then the beer snaps right into it. Ooh. And then you just turn
0: it up and <laughs> while still maintaining good right. uh sealant Right from yes. from yes. anything that's floating around you. Right, exactly. Gotcha. So gotcha. so
1: you've you've you know you've squished down because in the stadium it's not a you know, you don't have the six foot um personal space, right? Right. So you're squished down shoulder to shoulder. So there's only two feet there. <laughs> Right? How are you going to take off your surgical mask to drink your beer? Good point. Boom! You're not. You don't need to because we've created a mask with a little mouthpiece. It's like a. It's like your own little beer bong in a surgical mask. Oh,
0: I like that. Can you do something like this to also be able to annihilate a hot dog too?
1: Oh, that's next level. That's See, next that'll level. be your. That's, that's your my project. That's your part of the project. Okay. So intellectual property. Um, let it be said, let it be done, let it be here noted on April 7th. <laughs> so decreed, and so decreed that we have come up with this idea. Uh... So, if any entrepreneur out there wants to create it, uh, you and I will get some type of residual checks. Hopefully, they're more than my checks from Red Dawn. Although I did get a residual, you know, because I've gotten like seven checks this for is funny. nothing. This is funny. So the last couple of the last couple of um, months. I've gotten these residual checks, you know, from my time on The Guiding Light or my time on uh, Red Dawn, the movie, or my time on Ballers. um, You know, some of the shows that I have done, I get these residual checks. And, you know, they're usually for a buck or a buck (laughs) fifty or whatever, right? And every now and again, I'll get a seven dollar check. And that's like, woohoo! Frame that one. Right. So, the other day, I got like, uh, it happened back-to-back days or or like a couple days between. I got the first check that I've ever gotten and I got like fifteen checks and they, they totaled like seventy dollars. But I got in that in that group I got a check for
0: zero point dollars <laughs> <$0. laughs> And I I'm mean, like the why paper, you... the paper was printed on was worth right. more than what you got paid.
1: Right. Well what what they do is it was originally a check for like sixty seven cents and they just give you zero and they just keep the sixty seven on the processing fees, right?
0: Oh, okay. So
1: so anyhow, so it was the first time it was ever $0.00, right? So I'm like, oh, gosh, that kind of that's kind of funny, right? I'm like uh, That's about what I'm worth is 0 So then like three days later, I got another stack of like 15, 16 checks. I was like, oh, it's going to be a big day. I had like six or seven checks in there for $0.00. <laughs> but here is the impact. Of this whole thing, you know, like you always have to look for the silver lining and everything like everybody's quarantined across the nation. I just got a, uh, I just got a residual check the other day, Mike, for eighteen dollars. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about retirement, people. Let's Strikes talk about it. rich. Right. Eighteen dollar check, folks. That's exactly right.
0: Um, here, here's, here's the only thing about getting fans back in the stands by August is okay. that you're, you're hearing the talk right now about baseball, that they're kind of zeroing in on a plan to try to get back started up in May. And it wouldn't be until probably mid-May, but mm-hmm. they're talking about the idea that all 30 Major League Baseball teams would basically be sequestered right, in the Phoenix area. They'd all be staying at the hotels. They'd all be quarantined and everything like that. They'd only go out to go to the ballpark to play, and it would involve playing at uh, minor league uh, complexes as as well as other fields, but all done there in a central location uh, so that the health of the players could be closely monitored and there would be no fans. This is May. This is like mid-May. You're telling me that we're going to go from that in mid-May to opening up to 60, 70, 80, 90,000 people, college and pro football games spread out all across the country on Saturdays and Sundays, just what, two and a half months later? I mean, I know that things have changed quickly in a very short amount of time, but wow, that would be rapid, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean,
1: it's but think about how rapid like and maybe we were a little bit unprepared, Mike, but think about how quickly um how quickly this virus has spread across our country and, and what it's done. So I you know, I don't know that I don't know that you ever clear up you know, clear up the situation as fast. Does it go the opposite way? You know, does it does it Dissipate as yeah. as quickly. Will there or, be more waves of it over right. the next uh, year? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, you know. I based on based just upon based just upon things you know that are kind of common sense. Like it, it's probably it, it's probably akin to w- gaining weight and losing weight. Right. It's it's really hard to lose it, but it's really easy to put it back on. um I think a lot of us are experienced that in, in quarantine. So you know, it, it may be it may be you know, quite a few more months. You may be a hundred percent right. I, I'm just I'm just kinda hanging on hopeful that that President Trump is correct and that, you know, we'll be back to being in stadiums and maybe there'll be more precautions and maybe there will be mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe wearing these face masks will be something that um we'll have to take a look at. You know, that's that's part of the uh I think the Asian culture. Like that's that's a big part of the culture and maybe that'll be become more a part of our culture when it comes to big social gatherings. Um, you know, I don't know that, that that will happen or not, but um, certainly I think it's within the realm of possibilities. You know, I'm, I'm really interested. I'm watching um, the Taiwan the Taiwanese uh, baseball league right now. My son is talking to Taiwan about coming over there and pitching and, um, and they are starting up here on um, April 11th. And, and now of course, they They were very proactive in shutting down their borders in January and you can go look at what has happened in Taiwan and they've had very few cases um, across across Taiwan as far as uh, the number of cases of coronavirus and and very few deaths as well. And so they're opening up the baseball season on schedule April 11th, I believe it is. But um, I think they're gonna do it without fans yeah. initially for the first couple of weeks just to see how it goes. But that'll be really interesting to kind of monitor that and see kind of where they are. But they started shutting everything down, Mike, in in January. Like, as as soon as they first kind of got word, they started shutting everything in January. So they – and toward the end of January. So they had, you know, they had, what, February and all of March. And now April, they're kind of back up and running again. So – We'll see if that's kind of a timeline. You know, we've been we've been hit a lot harder here um in the United States, but we'll see kind of what our timeline is um and can compare it a little bit to
0: that. Uh, all right, let's get back into talking about uh football and and some stuff happening. The all decade team uh named. Offensive and defense. Anything that to uh, jump out at you in terms of uh yeah, that was a no brainer or guys that were snubbed. I know there was some debate about uh, alongside Tom Brady who duh, but should it have been Drew Brees instead of Aaron Rodgers as the other quarterback. Right. Well, I think I mean,
1: I think if you look at both of those guys have won one world championship, right? Um Aaron Rodgers actually won his world championship in this decade. It was the 2010 season, I think, the 2011 Super Bowl. Drew Brees won his. It was 2010 when he won it, but he won it in the 2009 season. So, you know, technically, that's the 2009 Super Bowl, Mike. So it really didn't happen in this decade. Both of them are are worthy. I don't think there's any question. Um, But I don't mind. Like, it doesn't bother me that Aaron Rodgers – I mean, you always put a lot on – championships you always put a lot of emphasis on if you've been a part of a championship team you know you should automatically elevate when it comes to you know hall of fame voting and all those kind of things so you know i that that part doesn't bother me a guy that you know the guy that i would look at and, and say well what about this guy as far as snubs are concerned what about a keep to lead like i understand that patrick peterson has been a great professional Um, over the course of of his career. Now, he did have the suspension for PEDs, right? And he's never won anything um, other than, you know, multiple Pro Bowls and All-Pro. And he was always asked to play essentially man-to-man coverage out there. So it's always been one of those things, you know, where he's he's had a very tough – like he's had a very tough assignment every year. Hey, you take the number one receiver and you just go to town. So that's always been part of Patrick Peterson's makeup – but to Tlaib has multiple championships. He has championships with with the New England Patriots and with the Denver Broncos. So, like that would be a guy that I would look at and say, "Well, is there a snub there?" Because to Tlaib was was big time. And even when Chris Harris Jr. here in Denver was on that All Decade team as a you know not as a cornerback but as a a DB, like a, a, here, here's another DB, kind of a slot guy or a nickel guy, and he made that he made that list. Um, Aqib Tlaib during those times during the that Super Bowl run here in Denver and during the the time of the no fly defense, Aqib Tlaib was the number one corner. There was there's no question about that, Mike.
0: Yeah, and and somebody uh, I had a Packer fan <laughs> reach out to me, uh-huh, who was obviously triggered by this whole thing. Right. Right away. Packers in the playoffs 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 and 19. MVPs for Rodgers in 2011 and 2014, plus the Super Bowl in 2010. So, Breeze, no Super Bowl, no MVP. So, all right. I I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, but, okay, I would say say this. Breeze, certainly, like,
1: Breeze was, like, like the runner-up MVP about eight times during the decade. I mean, come on. It was just, like, just because somebody else had a career year that year, is the only reason Breeze doesn't have multiple MVPs. I mean, like, I I get it. I mean, it's a, a little bit ridiculous. Um, but, you know, there can be only, what, two. So, uh, I, you know, I mean, that's just the way it goes, Mike. I, I would say this. One of the cool things is the guys who are multiple all-decade teams. I play with one, Gary Zimmerman, all decade of the 80s, all decade of the 90s. Mm. Um, you know, Tom Brady, all, de- all decade of the odds and all decade of the 10s, right? Or the teens, whatever it is, uh, a guy who's got a chance to do that is Aaron Donald. Yep, who I think is the best football player in the National Football League. He is on, you know, on the—I don't know when he was drafted, only a few years ago—but uh, all-decade team there. And boy, if he puts together another three or four years like he did his first three or four years, um, he's got a chance to be the next, you know, double all-decade like as a defensive lineman. You know, I'm think- watching.
0: I'm sorry. I oh, i, I'm I just watching, think he is. I'm watching, you know, you look at the, these all-decade teams, and you see the teams that put uh, uh, multiple guys on it, and you realize how difficult it is and how impressive it is. Those teams that have been able to build something long-lasting For like a decade. You know, the Patriots have done it for two decades, but Mm -hmm. teams like the Packers, who've always been competitive, the Steelers, the Colts, there for a time, you know, those kind of teams, the Ravens. And you, then you, you, if you're a fan of a team that's, you know, trying to rebuild something, right? Like we're here in Denver, and they put two guys on the all-pro, on the all-decade team, in Von Miller and Chris Harris. And you realize for a team that like them, like the Broncos, and there are plenty of teams in the NFL like the Broncos, that if you're trying to build something from where you're at right now, how daunting the task is. Because really, you you have to be able to look at what you're doing right now and say, do I have a couple guys that have the look of guys that could end up on an all-decade team in 2030? And not only do I have two guys that could be on an all-decade team around them, do I have a number of pro bowlers, all pros, you know, stars? Right. And you realize how difficult it is to to build something that is sustainable in this league. You know
1: what's, you know what's sad? You're 100% right because you've got to have not only guys that have the potential to be an old decade type of guys, but you have to have a bunch of other dudes on your team that are pro bowl type dudes, right? But you know what's really sad? I mean, let's face it. What's really sad is in Green Bay you have an all-decade quarterback and in New Orleans you have a guy that potentially is an all-decade guy that that you could certainly make a case for and New Orleans has not one championship in that decade and Green Bay has one. Yeah. If you want to talk about you want to talk about the the dynasty that never was. Dude, you got an all-decade quarterback and you managed to win one world championship. I mean, Denver did it with an all-decade type defense with a couple guys on defense and won one World Championship in that same time frame. With and now they had Peyton Manning, so I mean I I get it, but you know that when they won it, Peyton Manning was t- I mean a, a, a mere shell of himself. Mm-hmm. But think about that. Think of hey, the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens did did they
0: win multiple? Champion now, no. they won they won one. They won one. With Joe Flacco. Yeah. Well, you stole this from me, intellectual property and all, but I back during training camp last year when we were looking ahead to the last season. Uh-huh. And I talked about the pressure on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The the dynasty that never was. You know? I mean, when, yeah. when you think about it. I mean Mike, I just laid Mike, down, Mike, like that. Mike yeah, Mike. Mike.
1: How Mike. can I steal something from you <laughs> if you're my intellectual property? <laughs> well,
0: true. I own your thoughts <laughs> that's true you do you you, signed the, you yeah. signed the contract yeah, that's true. Good point. you signed Good the contract well that was a great point you made mark back mm-hmm. about uh, the Packers mm-hmm. being the mm-hmm. dynasty that never was right yeah I did make that point didn't I you did you did <laughs> you did hey uh hard knocks right uh, now now this this is an interesting story because there are technically you can qualify for hard knocks. If you fit a certain criteria, Uh, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in either of the last two seasons, team doesn't have a first-year head coach, team hasn't been on the program at any point in the last 10 years, five teams automatically qualify to be eligible for hard knocks in 2020. The Steelers, Uh sign me up for that, Uh, Lions, Jags, Cardinals, or Broncos. But it sounds like uh, there's a push to get both L.A. teams – on hard knocks.
1: So essentially let's circumvent the rules and hand this over to the LA teams to promote the LA market and essentially um and essentially reward Stan Kroenke for building a new stadium is that is that what I'm reading
0: here? Well, hey, he's tra- he's building a multi-multi-billion dollar stadium in a city that still doesn't really care about NFL football. Doesn't care about one NFL football team. Never mind two. And yet they're going ahead with it. So yeah, they're going to uh, they're going to try to do everything they can to make a uh, silent stands investment come through.
1: Yeah, I mean they, you know, I mean I I get it. it's going to be a beautiful stadium. I get the well before quarantine I used to fly over it almost every week um and and watch I don't know how it's going to get done in time last time I flew over it I was like the whole time I was thinking this was early March I was like oh my gosh how are they ever going to get that finished before they you know start playing games in there in preseason in August so um you know I don't know but it does it, it it's going to be beautiful it's going to it's going to be something it's going to be a showcase and and the NFL has had this desire because the LA market is so huge you know to have you know NFL football be a prominent deal in the LA area. I just don't know that that's. I don't know that's ever going to happen. I, I will say this, Mike. I think this is interesting. Is like it would be if they get to the seventeen game schedule, right? Um, and and we've all talked about how you're going to do a seventeen game schedule when um, essentially, you know, when essentially, you know, you've got an odd number of games there, and you'll have one one team will have one more home home game than the other, you know, in the in the division or whatever, um, you know, because it's it's obviously it's unbalanced. So it's not eight and eight. You're gonna play nine and eight, right? So one of the things I heard, I think I heard it from Chris Mortensen first, but um I, I'm not sure if I heard it from him. He's not my intellectual property, unfortunately, but I, I have to credit, but I heard it from somewhere. Like what if they opened up LA and said, Hey, you're gonna have one neutral site game and it's going to be in LA. Yeah, and it's going to be at the new stadium. Um, I don't know. Just interesting uh, how that you know how they how that whole deal uh, works with the potential of seventeen games.
0: Well, if you're going to have that that seventeenth game be a neutral game, then mm-hmm. if I'm a fan, if I'm just right. a fan of an NFL team, and you're going to make me go follow my team on a on a neutral site, make it London, make it Mexico, or make it Vegas. I don't want to go to LA. You uh, mean you don't want to go to I don't LA? I want to go to LA. Why would you not want to go to I, LA? I don't I'd rather. Go. I just named you three other places I'd rather go if I'm going to follow my team to a neutral site. So you're saying
1: if it, if your neutral site game, you didn't get to go to London, you didn't. Well, London one is, I mean, super expensive to get over there, Mike. Blah blah blah. blah on and on and on, on it goes. So I mean, that's. I think for most people. The London experience is is probably
0: that's a, once in a lifetime type thing though. You, you okay. do
1: it, all right. So London. So, but you're telling me that if your if your team was going to L.A., you would just say I'm not going to L.A. It wouldn't it be-,
0: be the worst place, but no. Okay, I could come up with some other places I'd rather go. Well, sure, there's other places you'd
1: rather go, but if that if that was part of the rotation and your team was going on neutral site game on a like say a Thursday night or a, a a Sunday afternoon, and it was in L.A. That'd be kind of a all that'd right, be kind of a right, okay right. trip.
0: Yeah, but you know we got to We got to make sure we we do whatever we can to make Stan Kroenke's investment pay off. That's right. Ask the good people of St. Louis how they feel about that. Too soon. Yeah, that's that's just mean. That's just mean. That's just mean. That's okay. Mean. Hey, you want to get to a uh, question mark?
1: Yeah, let's get to question mark. You got you got the questions? I got uh, the questions. Hey, With well, a chance, hey, listen, great chance to win a gift bag worth about 75 bucks from my friends at Sweet Sweat. So uh, check it out at Sweet Sweat. Uh, you can find them at sweetsweat.com. All
0: right. I am uh, having some difficulty uh, bringing the questions up, but I can, oh. uh, I can see them here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Here's what Oh, this is a hardcore uh, football question from okay, Mike. Josh, who asked, as a former O-lineman, did you find going up against a 4-3 or a 3-4 defense more challenging?
1: I, see, that's an interesting question. Um, I think, like, I personally think that going up against a 3-4, a base 3-4 is, uh, see, this is almost a trick question, Mike, because going up against a base three, four is easier physically because you don't have a guy lined up over you. So a lot of times in pass pro and stuff, you're a helper because you're not lined up, head up on a guy. And then you're, you know, you're comboing with a a center or comboing with a tackle to working up to a linebacker. So from a physicality standpoint, it's a simpler, it's a, it's a simpler deal. But from a mental standpoint, when it comes to pass protection, going up against a 3-4 or a 3-down line is more difficult because a lot of your rules change. Most of the rules in pass protection were based off a 4-3. So everything is based off a 4-3. And so when you play a team that plays a real 3-4 and they'll play that in passing situations, all the rules that were created for pass protection, change a little bit in a 3-4. So mentally, you've got to be on your game, three down line versus four down line. That's why, even in the course of my career, when we would play a true three down three-down team, what we would do oftentimes is play them entirely out of nickel packages. And, and the reason we would do that, meaning three wide receiver packages, and the reason we would do that, Mike, is because – when you get them in nickel, everybody gets down into a four down look. So the two outside linebackers become defensive ends and the nose guard and one of the defensive ends slide in as defensive tackles. So now all your four three rules apply to a four down, quote unquote, a four down defense. Do you see what I'm what I'm saying? Right. So a lot of times, especially in, in legitimate passing situations, um, we would we would play a lot out of nickel just to make sure that we simplified rules. So um, it, it's a it's a great question. I don't know that I have a great answer for it um, because, like I said, there are there are pros and cons to both sides of that as a as a guard for me.
0: Um,
1: so anyhow, that's it is a it's a
0: great question. While we're on the subject of uh, schemes, here's one from uh, oh, it says Antonio Brown text generator. Uh, would dion sanders be able to shut down today's receivers and schemes uh, of course like you mean
1: Dion De- in his prime mm-hmm. playing yeah, today's receivers yeah <laughs> no dion in his prime right A- absolutely i mean dion dion was one of the greatest players of of all time of
0: any generation. But, okay but what what i think the question is though have today's receivers today's schemes changed in a way that is 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 markedly different from when Deion was playing well i mean you'd have to you'd have to agree that the the passing uh, the passing game in the NFL today looks different than it did back then
1: well it looks di- it looks different because um of because more of the volume of of passes, the number of passes, and, and the nickel situations that you are going to get into, but you got to remember that Dion oftentimes was just said, "Hey, you lock down this X receiver, go." I mean, that that hasn't changed, right? Now, now you're what you're saying to me is is Dion athletic enough to lock down the Julio Jones of the world and everything else? Hey, man, Dion ran like Dion ran four three forty maybe better than yeah. 43 like the, like athleticism wise he's every bit the greatest one of the greatest athletes like if you put Dion in his prime in today's NFL he'd be one of the top athletes in football I, I'll tell you a story I'm playing for the Washington Redskins and Dion is playing for the Atlanta Falcons this is like in 90 or 91 and um and so you know I think he was drafted the same year I was drafted in 89. And at the time, Dion was also playing for the Braves. And so he came off, this was a September game, Mike, early in the season, and he flew in for the game. Like, he flew in Saturday night for the meetings because he was in the middle of his baseball season. Yep, And he would just play in the games, in, in the NFL games. Like, this is how crazy good athletic or athlete this guy was. So he's playing all week. He's he's getting game plans faxed to him or whatever. He's playing all week in um, in Major League Baseball, and then he's going. Okay, you lock down number eighty three, right? I mean that was his job. And so I I don't know if it was the opening kickoff, but it was one of the first kickoffs of the one of the, you know early early kickoff of the game. And Deion Sanders flew in Saturday night for the meetings, <laughs> and. He's back there returning kicks, and he took it to the house. I mean, he he returned the kickoff, the opening kickoff, or whatever it was, uh, you know, for for a touchdown. Um, and and that's the kind of athlete that Deion Sanders was. He was just, I mean, he is a freak show of all freak shows. So would he match up? Absolutely, he would match up. And scheme wise, um, what did I have? What I had a meeting last year with with John Harbaugh, who's who was talking about the Ravens offense and what they try to create with Lamar Jackson and the running game and everything they're doing out of that offense and said, Hey, a a new passing concept hasn't been developed in the NFL for 25 years. I mean, it's the same routes and route combinations. It may be called something different, but they're the same things. So, you know, it's just the frequency of pass and, and, you know, the frequency of, of personnel groupings and the amount of nickel you play has changed, but a lot of the concepts haven't changed. You're still going to high low everybody. You're still going to flood aside. I mean, you you're still going to do all the things you do um and you've
0: always done. One more this is from uh Adam asked Mark, what do you think the 49ers should do with their two first round picks? They have the uh, 13th and 31st wow. picks in the draft. What do they need?
1: Well, I think I think for the 49ers, um you know, they lost Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Debo Samuel has been great. They've got a bunch of really nice complimentary kind of wideouts. So they, and Debo Samuel was actually really good. He was far more than a gadget guy. He was a legit number two who also ran the gadget stuff. So I really liked him as a receiver. I think in this draft, and I don't care if it's 13 or if it's 31, Mike, they need to get themselves, um, they need to get themselves another receiver. Because I think that's an important aspect to what they have to do. So I believe that that's a, a direction they're going to go in. And I also think they, you know, this is a team that was predicated on on um, defensive line. Um, at one point, talking to their defense coordinator Robert Sala, he's like, "Hey, listen, man, we can put out, and I will do this at some point. We can put out five defensive linemen that were all first-round draft choices. Remember, they had they had they picked up D Ford." Off the edge, right from Kansas City. Then they had um, uh, Solomon Thomas, who was a first rounder. Eric Armstead was a first rounder. Buckner was a first rounder, and then of course Nick Bosa, first rounder. So he said, "Well, at one point we're going to put out all five guys and just and make it our first round. Go get the quarterback package." And so what I I think I think they'll invest in another premier defensive lineman because they they uh, I think it was was Buckner that left. Yeah. It was Buckner that left So during free agency. So, I think they'll get themselves. No, the
0: trade. Yeah, during, they got the other trade. pick.
1: Right, the trade. So, I think it will be Buckner. They'll replace Buckner. They'll get a younger, you know, another inside guy, I believe. Or maybe, it, whether it's an inside or outside, they've got enough of a rotation there. But I think they'll probably go and get themselves another guy that they think can be a four-down or a three-down kind of starter uh, at the defensive
0: line position. All right, let's uh, pick a winner. I'm going to – can I get to choose? Yeah, you get to choose, man. Yeah, I'm going to go with Your Josh chart. Wynn. He came up with the question about going up against the 4-3 or the 3-4. It, it's a good hardcore football question. And even okay. better, uh, he got you to admit you were kind of stumped and couldn't give a good answer. But it was a good question. Good yeah, question. Yeah,
1: he did. he did, right? Yeah, so that's good enough for me. You like that. You like anytime? Like that. Anytime that I get a little bit you – know, I get stumpy.
0: Yeah, you know, because you've kind of lived a charm life. So every time I get you to uh, you know, get a little bit of humble pie, I think it's good.
1: Yeah, I think you yeah. are 100% yeah, it's it's fine. I'm 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 good with that. Uh by the way, um also I would like to to send out some thoughts and prayers uh to our boy DeHuff, the producer of this <laughs> show and his computer because his computer he said he was on that Teams app. You know, we all get on so we can see each other during uh, our radio show during the morning. Um, his computer started overheat, so he had to get off the uh, he had to get off the Teams app. So I am sure he has taken that computer to urgent care. Uh, to get some, just some, uh, you know, I hope that computer doesn't uh, just pass away. I'm sure he's putting
0: like a cold compress up against it right now.
1: Right. As, as he's driving it to the urgent care because. <laughs>
0: Breaking speed limits along the right, way. <laughs> that
1: dude. Oh my gosh. Um, all right, man. For everybody involved in the Sting Truth Podcast, we'd like to thank you guys uh, for participating. We'd like to thank uh, Sweet Sweat at SweetSweat.com. Check him out. The presenting sponsor of this program also. Uh, Check us out at MarksAllPros.com as we're building a great referral network different than all the others. So that's uh, it for us, man. We'll be back with you guys again in the very near future. Thank you.